Punkt. Hello folks, welcome to the United Way. This is episode 16. I'm Al Forn. I'm Damien Broderick. And we are joined today by a local pal of mine. Mm-hmm. We go a long way back. <laughs> <laughs> All the way back. All the way back to the Port Marnock days, Mr. Dave Moore. Monday to Fridays, 9 to 12. I'm 12 and 12. Today FM. That's where you'll get me, yeah. Uh, Dave, every, well, everyone knows at this point you're a massive Massive Manchester United fan. Yes, I do not hide my uh, my Manchester Unitedness. No, it's no. Uh, um, I, I think I remember you know listening to you and Dermot over the years. He did like to take the mick a little bit. Always, and the listeners too. A lot of Liverpool fans listen to my radio show, and I think the reason they do is because they just get the chance every now and again to <laughs> stick to a knife in. Yeah, Dermot didn't have any interest whatsoever. No, he's a rugby boy. Yeah, um, so he, but he just went along with it. Oh yeah, he yeah. just used the opportunity to to <laughs> go, encourage the Liverpool fans and the ABUs to get in touch. Yeah, 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 absolutely. But look, that's what it's all about on radio. Yeah. You know what I mean? Having fun with that stuff. And that's well, what football is all about as well yeah yeah. tribalism is unbelievable it's one of the yeah. reasons why we all love it so much Absolutely. in this country mm. it's as ever present so like oh, man. you know the split down the middle between United and Liverpool fans it's unbelievable yeah. you know I, I think there is there's a really there's a, there's a deep hatred between Manchester United and what's, Liverpool fa- Irish fans worrying now though is so I'm of an age where I'm coaching kids football it's one of the best things I've ever done in my life I never played ball growing up I played for Port Marnock I think twice yeah Played ga and I played rugby and was an, an, an like a hundred and ten meter hurdler. That was what I focused on. So football was something I loved, but I never played it. Okay, yeah. But now coaching kids, it is honestly one of the best things I've ever done in my whole life. However, the amount of Liverpool fans as kids versus United fans yeah. is terrifying. City as well. Yeah, but you know There's what? A few though, cities. If you but, if you were to go back thirty years ago when we were kids, yeah. that would have been flipped. Oh, 100%. Yeah, I was was there. Yeah, Yeah, yeah. no, I remember. (laughs) But it's just, it is worrying now. You just see every kid, you go up and you go, like, you know, you you coach them and they're in their their Port Marnock or whatever. And then you see them, like, out and about in the streets. You're like, oh, no. (laughs) You just go, I used to like her. (laughs) And now he's a Liverpool fan. (laughs) (laughs) You're dropped. Laps. (laughs) Laps. (laughs) Laps. You five girls. Parents are wondering, why are you doing this? I don't know. (laughs) <laughs> ten, ten points clear at the top of the league. Now scored he scored a hat trick the other day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, doesn't have to drop her. That trench shirt she's on. Have to drop. <laughs> so how have you been um, faring as a United fan this season so far? Um, I'm not sure which stage of grief I'm in. I think it's probably acceptance at the moment. Um, I think if you know, like, if something happened, there was an announcement made, and the board said. Uh, Hiya, uh, we're sacking all of the players and the manager and the catering staff and the sports <laughs> science and we're bringing in uh, all of Rochdale United's first team players. I'd probably go, eh. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. Can't okay. Be, can't be worse. <laughs> like, it, well, it can be worse. It could definitely be worse. But I think whatever happens, it, oh, look, I'm what, sure you guys have talked about this at length, right? But until the ownership changes materially, okay, the 25% Ineos deal that's coming, grand little first yeah. step whatever I do not expect there to be genuinely any massive difference change. massive difference yeah. in our fortunes until we are shot of and it's not just the Glazers 
but were shot of all of the remnants of the Glazers and all of the acceptances of mediocrity and poor management and poor running of a business. And until that goes, mm. I genuinely do not particularly hold out hope for us yeah. to to turn some kind of magical corner, some magical investment corner. Oh, absolutely. You know, I'm just happy to just, look, I love United. Yeah. If United are brilliant on Saturday, obviously my weekend's better. If they're yeah. terrible on Saturday morning, my weekend's a bit worse. But like, I love them to my yeah. core. So it's, as much as I want them to be successful, as much as that's important to me, I've come to the point now, having had, whatever it is, 17, 18 years of Glazer ownership, yeah. that it is a period in my life where things are not going the way I want them to go from a United point of view, but I believe it'll change. It's a cycle. Football is always in cycle, you know. 100% is, and we spoke about this in full length a few weeks ago, just about, you know, the whole thing of enjoying United every weekend and is is it a chore to watch them? I still don't. It's never. It will never be a chore for me to watch Man United every weekend because I'm still holding out in hope for them to put in that, you know, elusive brilliant performance totally. that you're you're waiting for. Now the sideways you know, football under Van Hal, some of that was torturous. Yeah, yeah, well, but, but he was great for uh, me. He was great for Al. <laughs> he was great for Al. He was a catalyst for us all knowing yeah. Al Foran, that's for sure. But <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, yeah, look, I mean, Mike obviously, Schmalling. same same <laughs> with um, Mike. Mike same with, with Mourinho. Some of the football was just you know painful, but it doesn't stop you. In your overall sense, no, never loving does. United. You know no, it's mean? like having a child. You know, if they come out to you and say, "Dad, support Man City," you're gonna be like, "I still love you, but I'm slightly disappointed." Do you, do, do, yeah. Does Does Damien know that story of my life? Do you want to get straight into the story? Because I go straight in. Oh, I think I, you might have told me I this. Think I definitely told you this. Oh, you did, yeah. So, bleed red, right? And Mrs. Bleeds White, Spurs fan, like huge, right? Like she was at the Ricky Villa like FA Cup semi-final she was at Wembley for that like she's she was on match of the day camera spun around to the little girl and like her dad since the 60s wow. like obsessed with Spurs so always a challenge as to where the kids were going to go and first child is a boy and obviously his first baby grow is United and her dad sends across lives in Spain sends across the first it's a white Spurs baby grow and the first few weeks he fits in there that and then whether it was the challenges of new motherhood she know that she didn't notice that the Spurs one went to the back of the drawer and he kept being in the United or whatever <laughs> so eventually I have this six year old kid I take him to Old Trafford for his first ever game one of the best experiences of my life just walking up the steps and seeing it through his eyes seeing Old Trafford because if you've been there it's unbelievable no matter what age you're yeah, yeah. when you see it through your own flesh and blood their six year old eyes that's amazing and this yeah. is the first time he's ever been in any stadium but for it to be Old Trafford or whatever we went to an ill couldn't be better staying hotel football like on the grounds of all traffic yeah. just amazing amazing day so that's it I'm, I'm, I've, I've convinced her and him and the father-in-law and everyone he's a red right then the second boy comes along he's he literally came out bleeding red he's he's so more he's more obsessed than I am right yeah and then two girls both reds as well so you're but, four, four nil now four nil so you're not doing too bad yeah. but around the time oh here we go that city started to really perform. My young fella came in one day and he said, Daddy. Pep's second season. Pep's, yeah, second, yeah. So yeah. we're probably, I'm trying to think of when it was. 2017. Probably 2017. So yeah. my younger son said, Daddy, Andrew, who's the older fella, Andrew gave me all of his Man United jerseys. 
And I was kind of going, oh, that's kind of nice of him. Like, then thinking in my head, he did that because he wants me to make sure I get him the newest one and yeah. he's given the ones that are a bit small from. And then I went, all of them? He said, yeah. And I went up and I said, uh, what do you, you gave Samuel? Yeah, don't support United anymore. Sports, Sports City. And I was just like, I'm I'm sorry. Like, what is what's happening? Get out, go bored. <laughs> my my eldest, my firstborn. How, how old? How, he? how old is he? Old enough time. to fend for himself. Yeah. Here's a thought, mate. <laughs> <laughs> he would have been eight. Bye. He would have been eight, right? Could have just oh. brought him up to the forest, opened the door, and said, "Come on." <laughs> now, to be fair be to free. him, he doesn't love football. He plays football and loves playing football, and he plays football every single day. He's yeah. constantly in the back garden. My neighbours. No, well, now he's 14. He's a big enough lad. He's whacking balls against the wall. Yeah. I'm like, dude, it's nine o'clock. You, like, you, it's too loud, whatever. So I have to kind of drag him in out of football. He loves football. But he doesn't really care too much about watching football. Doesn't care too much about anything. Okay. So he, he he followed Man City because, sure, they're winning. Like, I might as well follow. Like, I don't care enough about watching football. I might mm. as well just follow the team that wins. <laughs> so we were down in in, uh, in East Must Park, nice. in Ballycotton, in about, about oh, three or four <laughs> years later. And we're walking along, going to a restaurant, whatever. And it's myself and him and the rest of the family a bit behind us. And I was chatting away to him. And I said, you don't really, you don't really care too much about football, do you? And he's like, what do you mean? And I was like, well, like, you lost the Champions League final this year. And, and you just, I don't even think you watched the last five minutes of it. You were kind of just out in the kitchen making popcorn or something, whatever. He's like, yeah, it's like, we lost the Europa League final. And Sam cried for two and a half hours. He's his younger brother. Hmm. Like, I, I literally had to, wake my wife up bring her downstairs and go I, I can't stop him crying like he yeah. I can't tell you how much he loves United and he was like yeah he goes I don't like I can't like Real Madrid I can't I don't really and I was like I said, well you know I'm never going to bring you to the Etihad it's never going to happen like I'm going to go to Old Trafford with the kids at least once a season but I'm never going to bring you there to that blue kip it's never going to happen <laughs> <laughs> so You've got a choice. You can either be a fan of a team that you'll never get to see live. <laughs> you can until. either be part of the family. <laughs> <laughs> or if you don't really care, she might as well be a red. And he went, yeah, that sounds good. And I got him back into the fold. He still doesn't care. So yeah. it's not really back in, but at least I don't he have to see. He just enjoys playing. He just, enjoy, I just yeah. And I don't have to see the blue well, skank not, on his skin. I, uh, I actually think you missed an opportunity here. Oh, yeah. When he said, like, oh, I can't like Real Madrid. You should have been like, there you go. Here's a jersey, Bellingham on the back, whatever else. And then he can convince the missus, well, we have to go to Madrid. <laughs> <laughs> if you knew the price to get six of us in the whole trapper, you wouldn't be encouraged oh. to go to Madrid. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> oh, so, but I think it is as well. Kids don't seem to have much interest in supporting clubs. Players. You know, it's players. Yeah, there is a there is a good bit of that. Look, look, the Ronaldo Messi thing has has really grown that, and Mbappe yeah. now as well. Mbappe oh, yeah. too. Yeah. Mbappe yeah. is a big deal on that now as well. And, and all the players who come through now, like Bellingham, will do that. Yeah, yeah. You know, Gavi and those lads. Like the people will follow them to the to the ends of the earth. But you know, when they're true football fans, like like my eleven year old is, like yeah, he doesn't like you could. As I said, you could literally put on. He, he watches everything. He watches under 18s under sixteens, twenty ones, whatever's on MUTV. Yeah, he is just bad. That's it. unreal. He'll make a good yeah. coach. Yeah, you actually yeah. make he'll, a good striker. A good. He's, a, he's a good baller. Yeah, I was funny. I was in London last week um, visiting my cousin and her two boys. Her her husband used to play professional, and her two boys are like football crazy. Mm. I think they're four, five, and six, five and seven, the ages, and like they're in. One of them is in. Chelsea's academy one wow. of them is going to Spurs academy like they're proper just mm. super focused at such a young age yeah. 
but they're hilarious as well at the same time. Like I did an Arteta impression for them, but they, they like like your son. They don't really support uh, clubs. Okay, they just, just follow a... players. Right, right. But like just after that, do Foden, do Bernardo Silva, <laughs> do them do, all, do Grealish. Do do Saka. Do, I'm like saying, no, I can only do like get cancelled. <laughs> yeah, that's terrible. Here, to give me a ball, do that impression. But like that, you know, the kids are they're kind of there is an obsession with the players. You yeah, know, I understand. See that so they're they're so. superstars now in a way they've never been, and even like yeah. you go back to when when I started watching football and Robbo was. Like yeah, he was the, the the best thing that had ever happened to football, but <laughs> it, it wasn't the same as Ronaldo and Mbappe and Messi and no. Neymar. It's it's it, there's Even a different Bex, level. Bex was probably the first megastar footballer. Yeah, like, there's a few George before Best, George Best, Best Gazza was, was there. Yeah, but, but the like, thing is that the level, I mean, the level Bex was famous at, like obviously the whole Spice Girls thing, like that was yeah. like you know on a whole other level. Y- but yeah. the kids still supported United. Like when Bex went to Madrid, I didn't become a Madrid fan. Yeah. He brought the showbiz element to football as well. You know? Well, like, there's an, an element now where, like, if you're a Ronaldo fan, you're like, there's probably kids out there where, like, who does he play for now? El fucking. El Nasser. Yeah, whatever I call it. And, and there is, there is kids. There's kids there that. Are, like, I've, I've seen kids with those jerseys. A thousand percent. Yeah. yeah. Do you know what I mean? Everywhere. So, like, that would have never happened when we were kids. Yeah. Ever. Well, like, I've. Other than now, like I think I have a vintage Fiorentina jersey. Yeah. Other than that, I don't think I've ever worn another club's football short ever. Your jerseys were so expensive when we were kids. I used to get the fake ones. Get the fake ones without the sports sponsor on it. <clears throat> you're we're lucky like, that you're young enough that there were fake ones. When I was young enough to be wanting jerseys, there was, there was no, no thing as a fake yeah, jersey. There's no you literally could only buy the official replicas. And at the time, they were maybe like forty pounds. Was just so huge much, money. So much money that you just couldn't. And like, if you remember clubs, clubs didn't change their shirts for a couple of years. Yeah, like yeah. It was a two year run all the time. United had two, yeah, always, always. Mm. And it was, it was because the the sheer reality of it was is that they could change them all they want. People couldn't afford to buy them. Yeah. Because it was so, I mean, it was over a hundred euro now in terms of the kind of conceptualized amount mm. of money you're spending. And I know if you buy the player fit ones, you do spend that money. But like, you also go to the beaches in Spain and buy them, you know, yeah. for 12 quid or mm. whatever. You know. And what's the story with, with getting a number and the, the names printed on? I remember it was like two euro per letter. Remember, like five remember euro that? per number or something. Remember that, yeah. Yeah, do you remember when I, you know, when I started following football, there were no names in there the back no of the jerseys. But no, if you're buying no. one for, for, for your sons, yeah, like, no. that, yeah. Oh, now, yeah, now it's like yeah. everything is, is personalised. They want whatever player on it and all that. Yeah, 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 absolutely. And my daughters are delighted because um, for years they were fed and handed the United men's shirt. So Bruno yeah. Fernandes, Marcus Rashford, whoever it was, and they had their favourite players. Yeah. And now the women's can, game. Now they can get Elatown on the back. Well, that's it. Well, now yeah, exactly. They get more on the back. It's my surname, but there's our centre half is more. So yeah, now yeah, the two yeah, of them yeah. have more shirts. Yeah. And in fact, um, Aoife Mannion, who plays for United. Uh, yeah, she follows uh, me on Instagram. Yeah, I know her through someone. Yeah. She is so good to my girls. She sent them over like the third shirt, the green and white stripe one, signed by the whole squad. Oh, right. A little personalised letter. And, oh, she's just that's unbelievable. That's fantastic. Yeah, no. That's class. It's really making football fans out of them. You know what I mean? Like they exactly. really are now obsessed with the women's game and and you know what like that that's it's in such a brilliant place right now where the women's game has has grown massively so but it's not at the scale that men's football is now where those players are untouchable like yeah. you, you just can't access those sort of players but yeah, the women's players so. now 
are still somewhat accessible, but the game is still growing. So as you said, they're That's making real fans out. Yeah. Like when players are putting such an effort in to, yeah. you know, bring fans, young fans, especially young girls, into yeah. the sport. Like, well, I, I would absolutely recommend brilliant. anybody, anybody of any football persuasion, bring your kids to a women's game in Tallinn, yeah. because I don't miss a game, and I bring the two girls all the time. Yeah, the time the players have for the fans after the game. Now, the Aviva's a bit different. Even in the Aviva against Northern Ireland, they still sp- spent time yeah. and, and walked over and tried to shake as many hands and sign it. It was just a bit more difficult in there. But every single game in town, the final whistle goes and it'll be 20 minutes before those girls walk off the pitch. Yeah. They don't have to do it. No. There's no obligation. But they've done it forever. That's fantastic, and they, isn't w- it? they walk around and they literally, and you think to yourself, they because they kind of disperse around the whole stadium. Mm. So you think, okay, well surely, you know, those girls will just do the bit on the far side. These girls will do the bit down the end stand. and then and they, No, they just go and they make their way the whole way around to sign every boot, take selfies, sign the programs, yeah. chat to the girls. And as you said, that level of access is going to be gone in probably a few months. But month, now, yeah. like to be able to touch <clears throat> and talk to and get a photograph of your actual heroes yeah. is it's going to change the life. Of my so my little many. one is starting to get into it. I watched a couple of the the World Cup games. Yeah, with her and like Katie McCabe obsessed. There you go. She loves Katie McCabe, mm. and she's she's got a global star now at yeah. this point. Mm. I think she's at the moment she's one of the best players. Oh, in the in, women's in, game in the, in the in the Premier League. Yeah, she's, she's phenomenal. I mean, there are definitely players up there who would challenge her, but no, she is. Look, she's it's the situation Ireland used to find itself in, where we have. A world class player. Yeah. Like we do have a world class player. Yeah, it is great, Katie McCabe. You know, mm-hmm. like Ireland men's team, we used to have that, whether it was Keno or Robbie. Yeah. Uh, you know, even going back to Ferguson Brady. coming through now. Yeah. Well, yeah. we hope so. We hope, but she's proven it time and time oh, again. Oh, yeah. yeah absolutely. She, she, is she, just needs, she just needs to get that Paul Skull streak out of our game where she's guaranteed a yellow card all at once. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's such a part of her, though. That is such is, a part yeah, of her, you know. Do you know what I mean? I say the bookies just don't take money on that anymore, do they? Yeah. The bookies, you know, you can bet on yellow cards. We yeah. gave, we gave no odds. <laughs> not, not taking it. I suppose we'll start off, yeah, we'll start off with the, the bad, your worst moment as a Manchester United fan, Dave. Well, <laughs> what a way to start out. Last, last decade, isn't there plenty? Do you know days? what? Actually, <laughs> this is actually related to what we're talking about. Honestly, the worst moments moments for me are with my 11-year-old Sam, right? He, as I said to you, he's a bigger United fan than anyone in this room. Mm. And he's 11, right? And he has never seen us be good. He's seen us win yeah. the FA Cup. He's just seen us shout, win. Just shout out to Sam actually for yeah. persevering no, honestly, through this decade because this we were true. spoiled rotten. I was well, born in, you you yous were. Yeah. I was alive long enough and following the, long enough that I 80s. was there for the 80s. Yeah. Now look, not all of us but for a, for a fair and look, I didn't see as much football as kids do now. Yeah. There was no YouTube highlights. There was no Premier League. You know, it was my match, match of, the of the day. If you didn't you, catch it live, it was yeah. match of the day. Uh, yeah, exactly. and look, I was a kid, so I wasn't allowed to stay up very late on a Saturday. So you might catch it the repeat on the on the Sunday morning if you're lucky or whatever. Um, and then there'd be the odd three o'clock game would just be on the telly or whatever. And the FA Cup and all that. Um, but he loves United and football and all of those things so much despite the pain that he's been going through. And honestly, uh, like, I've been so lucky, because, like yourselves, grew up mm-hmm. with United being so competitive, 
not winning everything as a lot of people like to say but even the years we didn't mm. win we were competitive the team were good the manager was good the structure was good the you were guaranteed to be able to go to Europe and put in performances you were guaranteed to be able to get a cup run you were guaranteed to go if you went to Old Trafford you'd see a good game of football even if you lost yeah. you'd go game of football but there was fantastic players in the 80s That's as well it. Yeah, there the were like Sir Robson McGrath Whiteside stop you know like unbelievable footballers but Look, he seeing him not, and I'm hoping, much like I had to wait, but like when he's a teenager, you know, into his 20s, that there's a period of dominance for United. They don't have to win every season, but that we can get back to challenging and he can, yeah, at least he can be, enjoy it. be proud and be, yeah, because yeah, I mean, they, they are like the piss is taken out of United fans in school, like because we are rubbish yeah. and it's okay as grown ups, like as much as it hurts us, you know, but like. He like said to me before, like I don't want to go to school tomorrow because the lads are just gonna, they're gonna rip the and they are, and you're kind of going. So to, to see it through his eyes is probably the lowest thing for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know that because look, I've had my bad moments. We all have. Jeez, I remember Alan Smith's broken leg that killed me. Like yeah, you know that yeah. really killed me. That yeah. one. like I just loved him so much, um, <clears throat> and that was a horrific injury as well. It was yeah. Now I did yeah. something similar myself a few uh-huh. years later in uh, in paintball and to do football, but uh, <laughs> but yeah, but no, but I suppose it's just that thing of like seeing it through his eyes and wishing that he knew that like it will it will come good. Yeah. We're too big, you know. We're we're too popular. The, the, these these days will pass. Mm. But it's just difficult right now. So that's probably my my, my worst. My yeah. Was how, how was he uh, watching the Liverpool game in March of this year? Tears, like actual like yeah. tears. No, no, genuinely tears. I was like that as a kid. I remember we lost the Super Cup, <laughs> and I didn't understand. I th- I was too young to understand the prestige of the Super Cup. It yeah. was just basically the European charity mm, shield. Shield, yeah. all of my eyes out. Mm. I think we lost to Lazio. Was it, it was Lazio? Lazio. Was in two thousand? I think um, ninety nine. Sorry, the first time I cried. Um, watching United was a Champions League final against Barcelona when Patrice Ebra was marking Pedro and he saw Messi unmarked left Pedro to mark Messi <coughs> Pedro gets slotted in and he scores and I knew yeah. I knew the second they scored that was it mm. this Barcelona team they're just they're just going to pass you to death yeah. now there's just no way and I remember crying then as soon as the ball hit the net because I knew we weren't yeah. going to win that game mm. and that was the first time I ever cried <laughs> or actually do you remember Ebra banged in that volley against Bayern Munich yeah. Right, and the, like outside the box. Gorgeous. Little half in in the Allianz, yeah. Jumped off the sofa. As I landed, my heel caught right the corner of my laptop screen. I just screamed. I didn't even look at the laptop. End of the game. Obviously, Robin scored. Went out and away goals. Opened the laptop. Thing smashed. Oh, <laughs> so not only did we lose, <laughs> oh, smashed my laptop. Oh, no. <laughs> uh, I think my, my I think for me, it was Ferguson's retirement. Mm. Balling crying I was. Yeah. I just hit, it hit me like a ton of bricks when he was walking out. You know, from the, the Stratford end out, out the tunnel. And I think, was, you know what, anybody, anybody that had even two halves of brain cells to rub together knew dark times are coming. Yeah. Well, we, yeah, but you say that, but we had just won the league. Like, yeah. you know. I don't like, think he left us in the greatest. Yeah. In the greatest. No, but that also wasn't his one. job. Do you know what no, I mean? His true. job was to manage what he had, yeah. and he managed to get Van Persie, be, like, beat City. What a sign. Like, and you know, in, in saying that, in in hindsight, now that we know the limitations <coughs> placed on the managers, and yeah. a lot of, Ferguson gets a lot of guff for not rebuilding a squad and handing over this oh, this team. Yeah, how could he? Do you remember the phrase yeah. he used to always yeah. use, which was, "Oh, there's no value in the market." You say there's no value. You'd always used, say every January, and I used to go, "What is that? What are you talking? Of course there is. Like, there's this player number." And then you realise now, and that only kicked off 
when the glaciers came. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That that was his code for. I'm hamstrung. I'm not allowed go and buy the players that I was allowed go buy yeah. before because I would simply go to David Gill and go, listen, we need to win the league and we're going to win the league if we buy player X, you know, yeah. David Bellion, whoever it would be. Right? <laughs> yeah. um, but, we need Jemba Jemba. <laughs> yeah. But Tevez, he kept Tevez. saying, there's no value in the market. And you're going, well, and you used to get, I used to get frustrated with him going, what is he talking about? Yeah. Get, get a better scouting system. And then you realise, years later, you're like, Oh right, yeah. So and <laughs> saying there's no there's no value in the market, he's saying there's no money in the pocket club. No, no, yeah. none at all. Yeah. And as as I said, like the thing when the Glazers came in and Ferguson was still there, they didn't interrupt the structure that he had in place with David Gill. So when Gill walked they, out the door, they knew it was they knew it was perfect. Mm. But obviously, money had become an issue. But as you mentioned, he hid that so well. But think about then what when he retired. It was an open playground. Well, Gil going you know, along with Woodward him, coming in. two of them going at the same time, that, you talk about knowing that... Dark times are coming. That's yeah. when you knew. Big time. Because... And I think the other side it was of that a, It well. was an internal collapse yeah. within the club. But it, w- them two, neither of them were going to stay on without the other one. Mm. Yeah. So I'd say when they had the conversation, look, this is probably the last one. Even if he said in his head, I've got more in me, he goes, I'm not down on without you. I'm not dealing with that pack of shower of fuckers yeah. on my own. Yeah. yeah. Do you know what I mean? The two of them said, let's, we're going, yeah. we go now together. Yeah. Because that was essentially the long term plan when they came in. Commercial, commercial. They, they viewed it as a commercial. Right. And look, oh, big time. It's in their rights. And, well, you know, and they were very. It is the <laughs> best. They were successful. Deal I can remember. Yeah. They literally have never spent a penny. They get 25 to 30 million dividends every year. Yeah. They do nothing. They're never at games. Yeah. They tell their friends, I'm on Man United. Do you? Cool. Yeah. Yeah. That's, and, that, and they just get loads of money. Yeah. But it it's, a, it's a big, huge name on the portfolio books. 100%. Do you know what I mean? And then if they go try to leverage any other business deal, they look at the portfolio books, own NFL team, own basketball team, yeah. own Manchester United, basically one of, if not the biggest football club yeah. in the world. But it had to get so, so bad. Until, and we don't know when but it's going to be good again. This but it's thing. it's it's at it's at its lowest now. It like is, if you yeah. if you're if you're looking at what's going on at the club now, you know Richard Arnold supposedly has fallen out with the Glazers mm. uh, since May. He's fallen out with Ten Hag. That's why Ten Hag is. But he's gone so yeah yeah. He's gone so yeah. But that's what Ten Hag is dealing with totally. And this is which is what fucking pisses me off so much about what the media. They just target Ten Hag. They've targeted him from the get go. Like, did you see Tim Sherwood's <clears throat> comments? Ah, he can. He hasn't like, got a clue. What a, bl- he's a bloke who got sacked from who was he got sacked? From, has he worked since Spurs? I don't think he had. It was a Villa. Villa got it sacked from vi- Villa, yeah. and then has been unemployed since. <clears throat> and then he talks about um, Ten Hag managing Rashford out of an England position. Yeah. Like, he, how about Rashford takes a bit of accountability for his stink bomb performances did he not score 30 goals last season yeah this is what I mean they seem to forget these things but also yeah. how how can that be the narrative when Jack Reader's in the squad I don't think he scored a goal at all this year and he only scored 5 last year despite them winning the treble mm. um, and then Harry Maguire oh was, no no he's part of Pep's system he's fine oh yeah system even player even if he doesn't um, but then any in, in fairness Harry Maguire does perform well for England in fairness to the guy yeah. but he was I think he, you could count the amount of starts he had under Ten Hag last year on one hand. Yeah. But was con- probably the first name on Southgate's team sheet. Yeah, but working in, in radio, and I mean, you, you guys don't need to be told this, is pretty obvious. Like, Sherwood, Gabby Gabon Lahore, 
See, see that? These lads are told. <laughs> no, I do 100%. They're, they're fed all this All you need to do is go in hard yeah. on these boys and to do it United. And you'll get Whatever clicks. you want. Yeah, we just need the clicks, clicks, Gabby. That's yeah. all it is. And we'll see Gabby up on my heart. Gabby, if you ever watch this, bro, I'm going to do two for you. <laughs> My, I, told, I told my manager, right, when I'm forced to my manager, she says, look, what your, what your goals? I said, I want to play soccer aid. I want to play soccer aid, right? Yeah. I want to absolutely skin some professional, right? Does he play? He, he, soccer aid? Oh, he will when I'm playing. I'm going to make sure of it. <laughs> like I said, I want two things, right? I want to two fuck Abby Aquino. Why don't you just get the box? I want to I want to skin John Terry. And I want to get on the end of a pass from Roberto Carlos. That's all I want. That's all I want. I'm not asking about too much. I want to play soccer head. Soccer head. Um, give me a bell. Like, give him a shout. Give me a give shout. Give him a shout. He's, he's, he boots are ready. He's good. Um, best moment. Best moment, yeah. The United fan. Can I have two? You can. Of course. Okay, do first one really quick. Uh, Ronaldo's hat-trick against Spurs in 2021. One, two. Two. Two? Yeah. So that was the Here first time I went to Old Trafford with my whole family. Oh, oh man. Six of us, right? Now, as I said, we didn't go on holidays that year because that's how much it cost. <laughs> it was right? the holiday. But the way we, way we got our seats was we got four, so we got two and two in the East Stand. Yeah. And then further back up was two in front of Rafa, Rafa Varane's family box, right? Okay. So my wife and one of my daughters were there. The girls were six. The boys were nine and, and, and 12, whatever. So the two boys were in front of us, myself and my daughter Anna were here. She's never been the same thing, never been a football same. I'm going through all this again. I've gone through it with Sam, I've gone through it with Andrew, now I'm going through it with, with the girls, whatever. And I'm just, you know, I can feel the excitement in her. And Ronaldo scored his first goal, which if you remember was a kind of a edge of the box, out of nothing, banger, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. it was a flick on from Fred. Yeah, and just buried it, right? Yeah. Now, you've all been to Old Trafford. You're grown adults. You know what to expect. You know what happens when someone scores a goal. Mm. This six-year-old girl had no, like, no point in her life did she have anything to relate this to. And the noise and the... We're in the East Stand. We're surrounded by Manx and proper fans. Yeah. We're right behind the goal. And we all erupt. And I... For whatever. And I, and I look at her and she bursts out crying. Oh. Right? Now, as in, there's too much going on in for her sensors. Or she's yeah. overloaded by... Everyone's really happy... I'm really happy because United have scored. It's a great... I've seen Ronaldo score a goal, but it's too loud and whatever. And this absolutely massive Mancunian fella beside me. He was taking up two seats practically. <laughs> Lucky yeah. she was six and tiny. So and he goes, oh, mate, you dog. And I was like, yeah. And he goes, I give it, give her a. And he took her and he gave her a massive bear. He goes, you be all right, love. Want a bit of pie? And I'm not joking. This is literally what he said to her. And she's like, no, no, thanks. But he shocked her out of the tears back into like, just yeah. put me back in my dad's arms. Like it was one of the nicest. Those fans, that I love that East End. Those fans are yeah. just absolutely salt of the earth. And they that are was lovely. just so beautiful. That yeah. like, she went from elation to overwhelm to snap back in by this Mike Glad massive 30 yeah. stone lab outside of, hey you go love hey give us a no because she was like what's happening it was just absolutely class he was brilliant so that was it but I'm going to kill you with my best moment ever you're not going to believe this I swear to god this is true right so I'd never been to a Premier League game until oh three, oh three oh four I think and my missus so she's my girlfriend at the time she's my wife now and 
as I said, she's so experienced. She's been a Spurs fan. She's gone to every game since a yeah. kid. Ever since her dad used to go to games, so it was no big thing for her to go to England to go to a game. So for that was how he scared over the fact that he put his misses up in the stands against Spurs. So for my so we were going out together maybe two years. So yeah. for my birthday, the second year, I got a handwritten, like a, a kind of a piece of paper, and it just mm. said, Dave will go to Old Trafford on some date in I think it was February or March or whatever. Yeah. Uh to see Man United play Charlton. And I was just like, like I'd never been to Old Trafford. Like, I can't believe this has happened or whatever. And she had gone and yeah. bought the flights and whatever. And I was like, where are we going to get tickets? She goes, oh, wait till you make the tickets. So forgive the long-winded story for a second, but her, she's a load of cousins that live in Wigan called the McAleavies, right? Irish name, obviously. Yeah. So they're from, her ma's sister moved over from Drimna over to their married and Irish lad they settled down. Yeah. So they're all Wigan heads. They're all massive United fans. And one, so one of her cousins ran a business he was so the two two lads owned a business and John who's the other guy not her cousin but the other guy who owns the business had the seats behind the United dugout oh and you've wow. seen him on telly yeah. loads of times yeah. he's got white hair he's now he, you don't know because Ten Hag has swapped him over yeah he swapped, the, dugout. he swapped yeah. the dugouts right so in the other when the dugout was on the left yeah. you're looking straight at it he had the first four seats behind the dugout and this, this story is unbelievable the way he had the seats right when the stadium was bombed in World War Two, Sir Matt was putting the stadium back mm. together and putting whatever. And he said to the groundsman, he said, there are four women who come to the games all the time. I want you to contact them, however you do that in Manchester mm. in the 50s, I don't know. And I want you to give them the option of any seat in the ground. Bar the director's seats, they can have any seat in the ground. They were a family. They were John's mother her sisters and her mother, right? Wow. So they said, oh, can we have the four seats behind the dugout? Of course you can. I'll see you every week, says Sir Matt. <laughs> so they, the family owned those four seats and as they grew up, John became, yeah. uh, John's sisters, which is all he had, didn't give a shit about football. So they had no interest. Uh, and she uh, take them. So John now has the four best seats in the thing. So every time a friend or someone wants a seat, John would go, sure, I'm going along with my son. Two seats can go to McAleavies yeah. and they can... So these are the seats I get. But Tracy doesn't tell me this until we're in the stadium of the day and we're walking down the stand and we're yeah. getting, I can see the thing. And I go, where's he? She goes, oh, I've got the seats down here. Whatever. Walking down and we're getting closer and closer. And I'm like, <laughs> like, I could be pitch side here. And then she detours in the left and literally sits down. John goes, oh, hiya, Tracy, is it? And I'm like, what's happening? So then I'm sitting down. I'm like, literally my arms are on the back of the dog yeah. for the first time I've ever been in Old Trafford, right? And they come in and Keno's on the bench, Giggsy's on the bench again, oh, yeah, Charlton, no. whatever. I'm literally sitting like this far away from whoever, right? You can see Keane's ball, ball pipe. <laughs> <laughs> wasn't, I wasn't bothered in 0304. <laughs> Keane was God. He still is. But I, I'm that close. And then I'm looking at her just, and then him. I'm just like, like again, overwhelmed because I can't take it in. And then Sir Alex Ferguson walks up. Oh. And you know the way he used to sign all the programmes on the way up? I had a programme just sitting on the, on the back of the, because it was a, it's a deep enough, it's like, Maybe a foot deep, the kind of the back yeah, of the, the dugout. Yeah, yeah. And it's actually it was it was wood on top of the brickwork, but exactly that on top of the brickwork. So it's just sitting there. So he walks up and he sees John. He's like, "Oh, John!" Nice, or Alex, whatever. And he looks around, and he sees me, and he sees my program, and he picks up my program because obviously I want him to sign it, but I don't have a, a marker around because I didn't know I was going to be sitting beside the Alex <laughs> person. So he goes back down two steps, grabs a kid's marker, signs the thing, gives it back to me, and I'm already going. Oh, this is the best moment God. of my life. No, it's not. Who scored in that game? 
Charlton. Oh, three, oh, Look, I'm only joking. Just remember. <laughs> I'm I'll tell you, yeah, I'm thinking there is one God. important player who scored in that goal. One of his Keane? no, one of his five Premier League goals. Gary Neville. Yes, Gary Neville scored against Charlton, and I'm not telling you a lie. The whole bench went <laughs> so insane because Gary Neville scored. Ferguson turned around <laughs> and he grabbed me by the scruff of the neck and went. <laughs> into my face right <laughs> because he was overcome with like what like, nobody knew what was happening he grabbed me because I was literally right the only the closest person to him because whoever was his assistant Carlos Carlos whoever was down and he turned around and he was like ah! he just grabbed me I that's it my life's over I'm done like anything can happen to me now I've been grabbed as a goal celebration by Sir Alex Ferguson best that's moment it. of my life yeah Okay, and uh, Dave, we can never ask anybody that question ever again. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think we should ever yeah, have another guest. I don't think, I don't think it's I was thinking that. Not, thinking, nothing can top that. that is, that's unbeatable. So the only guest after Dave is an actual ex-player, unless you've actually like, had <laughs> a yeah. unless like you've actually had a football boot kicked at your mush by Alex Ferguson. I don't think you've been that. That is unbelievable. Yeah. That is unbelievable. No, I've never got those seats again. By the way, and her uh, and I don't know who fell out with who but I don't know how John I don't know whether John even has a six anymore but he looked after me that day it was oh, the greatest that is unbelievable That's what a class. story unbelievable um, <laughs> yeah, I don't think any episode's over now I don't, <laughs> even, I don't, even, how to, I don't even know how to think That's unbelievable. Well, I did the gig in front of him in Old Trafford there. uh, (laughs) Done a Mourinho impersonation in front of him, didn't you? Yeah, well, he does my Mourinho. (laughs) No, I did Ralph Ranick. When I did Ralph Ranick, he's oh, for fuck's sake. He wasn't happy with that (laughs) one. He didn't like Ralph Ranick. All right, right, right. I could hear him. Oh, that idiot. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Twitter. (laughs) You should have done him. Did you do him? I did do it, yeah. Yeah, yeah. What did he think? Oh, he was giving me the death stare. (laughs) Absolutely unquestionable about that. No question about it. Absolutely no. <laughs> Are you all right now? I hope I didn't hurt you too much. No, you were fine, Sir Alex. It was. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I peed my pants a little bit, but in a good way. In a good way. Um, your favorite player? Rude. Ooh. Yeah. Oh wow! No, you don't even need to think. Just no. straight up. Just straight in for the that rude. forty-four gold season. No, Come I'll on. tell you what it was for me was the the sound of his cry when he did his knee in training. Do you remember that video? Do you guys remember that? So oh. he was due to sign for us and he was in training. Yeah. It was a, it was in the summer. It was a pre, it was not, it was, pre, it, was hit, it was like a solo training thing and the camera crew went down. It was 2000, wasn't it? That, that saga went on for about a year. Yeah, it was the it? summer before he actually signed. Yeah. So what happened was the camera crew went down to, to say like PSV's striker is going to Manchester United. Yeah. Going, and we, we'll go down, we'll get a new story, see if we can get a clip off him. And they go down and he twists in in a, it's a, like, it's a personal one-on-one training session. It's not, no one's tackling him, whatever. Mm. And he screamed and his knees, ACL, whatever mm. else went. And I remember going, ah, oh, well, we'll just get Diego Forlan or whoever <laughs> because we're United and we'll just get another striker. Yeah. And then they went back in from the summer and I was like, this year, man, the guy, he's going he's gonna to be a shadow, whatever yeah. he was at PSV, which we all didn't know anyway. We were like, mm. he's going to be, what's he going to be now with a broken yeah. knee? It was 19 million, wasn't it? Yeah, a lot of money. And they actually signed them injured, remember? That's right. Yeah. They actually signed them injured. Recovered. He injured. Yeah. yeah. And he came in, and yeah, the following season, he got the 44. That season, I think he got 36. Yeah, he got, he got like, serious. And I, I was season. smitten from the word go. I just loved the way he was so selfish, so focused on goals. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and now you hear stories now, which is brilliant, going back to his period there, where he... 
they, you know, you'd win 4 0 and Rue wouldn't talk to anyone for a week because you could have, you, you scored yourself, but you could have slid him in and he would have gotten a goal. Yeah. All he cared about was goals. Yeah. And for him, like, okay, sure, he's United or whatever, you know, and he played for us more yeah. than any other club and all that. But like, he just wanted it so much. And I love that about yeah, players. Yeah, I just yeah, love that. He? That hunger. That hunger and the, the focus just going, give me the ball, I will yeah. score goals. And look, we all know the goal he scored. We turned the halfway line, ran through everybody. He scored one of them. Yeah. And he scored 155 tap-ins. And I don't know, I just love a striker that scores tap-ins. I think... I, I love his... Um, he kind of took it on the chest. Oh. For the volley against... Was it... Uh, it was it was a Sheffield one of the Sheffield it might games. have been yeah it was Sheffield United yeah. away mm. it, it, it was one of his last games as well I love the uh, the penalty against Arsenal oh yeah, yeah. just yeah. The, the emotion behind that yeah, especially what happened the, previous what game. happened previously yeah. 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 but like the venom yeah. the venom yeah. he struck that way yeah. there was not a keeper a couple of four keepers in the net and I, we all I, gone in with the ball I yeah. love that we completely shithoused that game I yeah. love it. I, Rooney, I think Rooney was offside for his goal. I don't care. Yeah. I heard, like and Fabregas threw a slice of pizza at Ferguson in yeah. the tunnel. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> some of, some of the well. tackles. If VAR was around now, oh, United have been God. probably been down to eight. But it was a real. <laughs> God. It was that was our football. It game. was a proper revenge mission with regards to what happened previous, in Old Trafford yeah, last yeah, season. Yeah, it was like, yeah. now we're fucking going in on you. Well, look, that's the Lock. thing. That that was what I loved about him was he just was singularly focused on one thing. And the way Keane was singularly focused on winning. Yeah. Mm. He was singularly focused on, I will score all the goals you need me to score. Yeah. As long as you put me through, give me the ball, do whatever you guys need. I don't give what you do on the pitch. Give me the ball. Yeah. I will score a goal. And he did. He literally, the one season when he was injured, and I think he still managed 16 or something that yeah. season when he was injured. But like, Whatever it is, 150 something in 200 games. Like, yeah. I was gutted when he did. Now, proper shame when he left. Right, it was probably the right time. It was like Stam. Stam is a close second for me. Like, but he did I fall out with Fergie, yeah. didn't he? Yeah. And it was, was over Keane. There was something yeah. about that. Yeah. He, he, had, he had a lot of loyalty to Roy Keane. Mm. Absolutely mm. loved Keane. And apparently he spoke. Once he was gone. Yeah. yeah, he, yeah. He spoke out against the manager and the way Keane was. And once, once you do that. Oh, that's it. I want you to do that. That's the thing with Fergie. It's doors. Again, look at, look at Stam, that story as well. Like, oh, writes crazy. a book. Easy. Gonzo. Like, yeah. I mean, these, are, these lads are literally at the top of their game. Yeah. So, yeah. no, look, I think Rude for me, there's so many. Like, obviously, as I said, I grew up watching Stapleton, you know, who I absolutely loved. I grew up watching yeah. Robbo. I grew up in my teenage and 20s. Like, oh, I loved all the players. I loved Seba Varane so much. I know he wasn't great at United, but like, yeah, but come, he. It, you know, and 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 be at our club. He just oozed class, oh, didn't he? He showed serious flashes of Laurent brilliance. Blanc. It was a shame that it didn't it didn't work out. It was. It was. It was the, the issue was you were you bought the wrong player because you couldn't fit him into a midfield because you were sacrificing Scalzi out wide. Yeah, and Scalzi was too good. Yeah, he's like, too good. He was too good. Yeah. Like so, he was on a height into nothing. Unfortunately, and in, in another team. As we saw him at Chelsea, he was unbelievable. A Lazio under Lazio. under under Sven. Oh, yeah, that's mm. that's where. But I loved I loved those kinds of players who came in, and just just had one thing on their mind, whatever that thing was, like mm. just one thing on their mind, and yeah, rude for me. All yeah, day. he was quality. Favorite goal? Not a rude. Doesn't have to be a rude one. Just in yeah, general. I'm not joking when I tell you it's that Gary Neville goal. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Uh, I look. I, there's so many. Jesus. I I have probably a really unique way of seeing Solskjaer's winner in the Champions League that no one else has. So Behind the dugout with Alex No, Ferguson. no, no. <laughs> the word behind is right. Okay, so my dad worked for Phillips 
So this is 1999. There's tubed TVs. Okay? Yeah. We have a 32 inch. It's the biggest telly you can get. Oh yeah. So all of my mates go, can we go around to your house and mm. watch the Champions League final on your big telly? I'm like, absolutely. And my dad, I was telling my dad they're all coming over and he went, do you want me to get you something bigger? And I was like, there's nothing bigger. And he goes, yeah, there is. I was like, oh, okay. So he gets a projector. Uh, right? <laughs> with a pull down thing on a tripod yeah. and it's a projector screen and it's probably really the size of our telly is now 50 inch telly or whatever 55 yeah. I don't know something like that but no one has ever seen anything in a house like this yeah. you know, maybe MTV Cribs wasn't even a thing in 1999 <laughs> you would but like it's never happened and so we put the projector on a, t- a, t- a table and we shone up and we watched the match now it wasn't as clear as the yeah, telly of course. was but it was, but it was massive fast, right yeah so Sheringham scores and I have a glass of Coke Oh, and I get up well. and I, like you when you stood on the laptop I kicked the glass of Coke and it spun and landed behind the projector screen on the ground on my ma's beige carpet right so I'm like uh, oh ma'am sorry she's like clean it up and I'm like yeah the matcha don't care about the clean up I'm like okay okay so I run into the kitchen I come in with a cloth and I'm on my hands and knees at the back of the projector <laughs> screen so the game is flipped <laughs> oh because it's coming through the screen. And I'm on my hands and knees. And someone goes, corner for, go, corner for Beckham, yeah, yeah. And he goes, sharing it. And I look up and I see Solskjaer score, except it's in mirror. It's the, I'm on the other side of the oh camera. Oh my God. And I like literally threw another glass. <laughs> I know what happened after the whole, that. The whole screen. <laughs> yeah. Oh. <laughs> it was, yeah. Like, I mean, look, and obviously that's everyone's favourite goal and of course it is, but just that weirdness. Well, yeah, just that. the, the way you've unique. seen it. Yeah, it's yeah. Unique. It was just bizarre. It was bizarre, but I loved it. Look, I, I've so many, I've so many favourite goals, but that was. So before we round up, um, at the beginning we spoke, well, just before we went on air, we spoke about we done uh, an all-time 11. Oh, yeah. Right, so the question I asked, we will pick, because every week we're going through uh, fullbacks, we can get them out of the way fairly quickly. Yeah, well, our, Neville, goal, our, goal, Neville, our, our goalkeeper was Van der Sar. Yeah, Van der Sar. Uh, Robert Schmeichel, interesting. Yeah. yeah. I think just... Cause the, classier, <laughs> but oh, I don't know, if you want to win a game, <laughs> the, that fella. The, the idea is Van der Sar is probably the, the only keeper that's capable of playing in this modern game without going for someone like Barthez or Fair. Well I think both of them had that similar elite mentality. Yeah. It was just something about Van der Sar and his and his distribution was ridiculous. Totally. Yeah. yeah. And really underrated. Yeah. Well I think we can get the fullbacks out of the way very quickly yeah. with very little discussion this week. Neville and Erwin. Yeah. <laughs> Son. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, you can't put it please he don't put Evra over. He has Evra over. over. No, don't have Evra. Who? He has what? Parker over Neville. No, Parker's a good shout. Parker's Parker a good shout. For a season, for a season, <laughs> Valencia, <laughs> Gabriel Einze was the best fullback United have ever had. Then he turned into an absolute prick. Yeah, and he wanted to go to, Liverpool. to go Liverpool. But I have never seen he was, no, he a was player quality. come in and be as aggressive yeah. <laughs> until Martinez. Or Marcus yeah. Rojo. And Rojo. Well, Rojo was aggression without any skill. Yeah. <laughs> Gabriel Einze was a... Uh, for, I know it was for a season so look I agree with you Dennis Irwin 100,000% he was quality that but season Gabriel Lines yeah. of that first season came in I and him, he creamed everybody and I thought okay that's what he is he's he's a tackle merchant 
Then he yeah. starts like skipping by lads, whipping ball. I'm not going, hang on a second. Who is this fella? Yeah, and then we just saw Roberto Carlos with a hair. So look, I'm I'm joking. I do think Neville. I think Neville is one of the most underrated footballers that's ever played the game. He sp- was it like he, a season or two he spent at United? Heinze. Oh Heinze, yeah, two, one and a half. I think he was gone by Christmas or he something like that. Gone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, re- he was. He, Ever- if he would stuck around, Ever was great. Ever, I loved Ever. Loved his personality. Loved everything about Ever. But yeah. no, look, Dennis Irwin and, and Gary Neville are the two shouts. Yeah. Back so the question I asked when we went through the whole eleven, right? So these guys obviously went like 4 3 3 and just plucked the best. The actual question was if you could pluck any player from any period of United and they're in their prime when they're in your team. Right. So you can have Best in his prime and Schmeichel in his prime, sure. despite them being, you know, years apart. Um, but the premise is they need to be able to compete in the Premier League now. In 2023 against City? Yes. Oh, okay. So you're, right. bu- you're yeah. building a team yeah. of, of all time 11 of United. That would be competitive now. They need to beat the robots of both. Can we have six defenders? <laughs> <laughs> so, okay, I'll definitely be Schmeichel in goal. And I don't know whether you've done this, but I'll book trends and might play a 4 4 2. Yeah, pretty, absolutely. Pretty yeah. So, yeah, I would have Neville, Einze, because I'm going to assume that I can have him at his peak of that one yeah, season. Yeah. Uh, Center has Vidic and Stamp because I'm not fucking around. Like, they're just <laughs> killing everybody who comes near. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I'll play a central two of Keenan Skulls. Mm-hmm. Yeah, perfect. I'll go Beckham on the right. I'll go Prime Ronaldo winger on yeah. the left. Yeah. And up top, I'm going. This is where it gets hard. Yeah, it, is. it starts getting possible. <laughs> Obviously, I'm going Van Nistelrooy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I'm thinking, what do I need around Van Nistelrooy? I need George Best. Yeah. Mm. And a bit of creativity and magic to unlock everything and just keep sliding Van Nistelrooy in. Yeah. Yeah. Or Cantona. Can only be the Cantona. Wouldn't play Ronaldo and Van Nistelrooy together because they they don't like each other. No, no, no. But back then, Ronaldo was just out wide whipping balls. He was out wide, yeah. He was coming inside, sure. But he was putting Mm. balls in the danger zone all the Mm. time that season. Those two seasons. It's a very hard thing, isn't it? It's As you just said, I guarantee you, if you ask me again tomorrow, I'll I'll change up for the game. change, yeah. But like, that's my kind of... That's I think um, was it you? Someone had said to me, um, I think about playing a, a, a front three with having York and and Cole. You forget about them too. I think having Cole um, as a number nine and then Yorkie as more of a number ten. That's what they did, yeah. Yeah. Um, but then utilizing maybe Ronaldo out there. So my own, from a tactical standpoint, I think your team is absolutely ridiculous to try play against. Try score a goal against. Yeah. Um, if I was to tactically play against you, I would just I would target Heinze because Ronaldo's not going to track back. No, he's not. But Beckham, like if you look at that entire team other than Ronaldo, that's just packed with workhorses. Yeah, yeah. Like Beckham on that side, and then that back four, Keane and Scholes in there. But, so then, if 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 you give your give them the instructions, if we know Ronaldo's not going to track back, well then who's stepping across from central midfield to help out Heinze? Keane. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he'd be yeah, alright. Keane out there is he'd cool. be alright. Yeah. And then and the ground that that Kane covered as well. But then the, skulls and best doing little one twos to feed. You no, know, the, the other <laughs> the, the, uh, the the other side of that is because Beckham is more versatile than most people yeah. uh, give him credit for, and also his work rate. So as Kino slots across, Beckham inverts totally. because the ball yeah. is being played down yeah. that side. Yeah. Mm. So that's yeah, that's that's how that happens there. 
So like that, do I have a hot take this week? Do you have a hot take? Hot take this week, yeah. Gabriel Hense in a four. <laughs> 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 Here's your hot take. We've we, just a preview for Sunday. I mean, we've got a a pissed off Everton in Goodison Park half four. Ten points down. <laughs> yeah, I'm telling you, it's the oh, worst. Yeah. Situation. I actually think instead of docking them points, they should have just made it that like every game they play is <laughs> it's like a like a handicap match, just like two 0 down already. Well, <laughs> just a bit of positive news with Onana. Apparently the injury isn't as bad as they thought. Yeah, I'd say that the injury is to get him home. <laughs> yeah. Get him back to Old Trafford. And hag yeah. on the phone there. Yeah. Here, bro. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Injured, are you injured there, Andre? I'm injured, boss. Okay, let's go. <laughs> yeah. Get the plane there. Yeah, get him home. But God knows Hoyland and, uh, and Ericsson will be out for a while, so. Uh, Hoyland, they said the end of November, was it? Well, I mean, it's almost the end of November. But here's the thing, <laughs> right? One comes back and then two are fucking gone. It's just ridiculous. It's the same. Oh, it's just been the same story all season. Do a whole episode on Al. I'll uh, come back if you want. <laughs> start crying into our hats. There's a, there has to be some sort of investigation into it. Yeah, well, don't get started on the VAR then. And the decisions. No, oh, we, stop. Or, ev- or everything being everything being slapped with that band, but then City and Chelsea getting away with blue mortar. Well, was, and they just they both happen to wear blue as well. As I said, <laughs> so do Everton. <laughs> True. <laughs> yeah, one rule for them. Yeah, let's wait and see. That's why this, this the is the good precedent. Is the only thing I'll say about that is the good precedent that Everton are have committed one, yeah, financial irregularity, and have been docked ten points. City have got a hundred and fifteen. So, so if they want to take one thousand one hundred and fifty points off Manchester City over the last <laughs> since two thousand eight, I think they averaged out to something like they get six points a season. So they're just going to be relegated, 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 relegated for like ten years. It'll be absolutely beautiful. So please make it. Well, no problem. We can't wait to see Kevin De Bruyne tear open non-league football. <laughs> Great. <laughs> Pep will leave the sinking ship. Right, folks. Thank you so much, uh, Dave, for coming in. You're an absolute yeah, legend. Absolute legend. Great yeah, to have, that's... great to have you in. Finally, yeah, I've yeah. been talking about it for a long time. So, and what it's stories, man? What stories? That story. <laughs> and that's all, Trevor, for the first. And speaking time. of Kano's bald head in front of you, Kano, don't more than me anyways. We're calling you bald. <laughs> yeah. I'm bald as well, so we're in this together. Oh, so yeah. Um, this is episode 16, the Kano episode. The Kano oh, episode. Oh, yes. Player, so every episode, whatever number it is, we kind of toy it to whatever player wears that jersey, and obviously Michael Carrick as well. Get, and Michael Carrick. Honourable mention because yeah. I think he's an extremely criminally underrated player. But this the next is... number sixteen will be Kobe Miner. There you go. He's Al Starboy Kobe is. Yeah. Every every time Kobe shoots or scores, Al's just going to be in the background. Kobe. <laughs> Kobe. Yeah. His dad was asked how you pronounce his name. Robbie would have kept. Yeah. Kobe. Kobe. Yeah. Kobe. No, it's Kobe. a weird one. It Kobe looks like Kobe. Kobe. Yeah. <laughs> Forever gonna be Kobe. Kobe. Anyways, that's episode 16, the Roy Keane episode. Thank you, Al. Thank you, Dave. Thank you, me. Thank you, other Dave. Uh, <laughs> we'll see you next week. We'll see you next week. Subscribe to this podcast for free on the Go Loud app.